0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lange Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their Ortho Quick Walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net.
1: Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five minutes past the hour here in the Frontport Sports Headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM in the Lee Company studio. Coming to you from the banks of the West 7th, <laughs> live and in person. Yes, we are. Also, Welcome into our friends down in Franklin County on WZYX 94.5, The Eagle. Glad to have you along for this ride. If you are watching on Twitter or Facebook, we appreciate it. Feel free to comment. Uh, let us know you're out there. Happy to interact with you uh, as we get ready for our number two of the show. To kick it off, we have in studio with us the guy who will be before us starting Monday, George Plaster, coming in to talk about all the things that are things in the sports world, just as he does every day from 2 to 4. You can hear him on WNSR right now. Or on Monday. Well, not right now. Well, but. currently through this week, you can hear him. Uh, and Starting next week, he will be live right here on these airwaves one oh one seven. So really excited. George, thanks for coming in. What's what's going on, man?
2: So we now have a two station network. Hey, can
1: can you call same. two stations a network? We do. Okay. <laughs> well
0: Okay, that answered
1: that. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network here. Hey, W-Z-Y-X you you, you and can't
0: ha- you can't have three till you have two. I mean that's that's like that's like that time-honored phrase in baseball that i hate his run doesn't mean anything
2: yeah every yeah. run means something yeah
0: i mean you if if you're down three then you gotta score that run to
1: score the right. next two so <laughs> his run doesn't mean anything yeah it means that you have an opportunity to score more yeah so by right. the
2: way here's a scoop there will be a third
1: oh look at there ah that's very soon so so you are a network this gonna be this is the uh, this is also G- gpsn the george plaster sports <laughs> network uh, george go ahead and 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 make your pitch to the folks in franklin county <laughs> i'm kidding
2: um wz why don't you do that for
1: me hey al and jeff if you're listening if you're listening they're definitely listening because uh they're, running the, board. Yeah. <laughs> They're running the board. Are they? Well, I didn't know who ran the board down it's there. Hey. Hey. hey, Al and Jeff are great folks, man. They they do it all down there. They wear all the hats. And <laughs> I, I I do not envy them, but I appreciate them doing right. anything. So yeah. Um we're excited, man. Let's really I I'm excited because we're getting a chance to to follow you next week. But you'll be on these airwaves. And here's the cool thing is you kind of just roll right into, you know, what we like to talk about and that is the Atlanta Braves. It's, it's uh, a we
0: don't guy. always like to talk about. It. Oh, this is
2: the summer of our discontent. Oh, without
0: question. Oh.
2: Jeez. The um, the All-Star break's probably going to happen at a good time. First of all, is anybody noticing that a year from now the Miami Marlins are going to be a pain in the butt?
0: They're a pain in the butt now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they've got great young pitching. The Dodgers yep. are finding that out right now.
1: They're really, really good. And, and we saw it last year. Well, they're way better than their record. That's the thing. Yeah,
2: it looks like it's taken a while for it to take hold.
1: Uh, no no question there. But once they do, once they put it all together, it's going to be bad.
2: And but, I tell you, man, Chisholm and Lopez in the middle of that infield? Pretty darn good. I and let's it. face it, we gave them a gift. And Adam Duvall, who lives in Nashville.
1: And Sterling Marte.
2: That was a stupid move to begin with. Well,
0: it was just one of
2: many. Yeah. The, the, The part that's hard to know is, is this Liberty Media's fault or is this Alex Anthopoulos? Because to his credit... Anthopolis won't really tell us what constraints he's under. He won't throw them under the bus, and that's
1: because they sign his paycheck. Well, yeah. It,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but they yes. kind of push him out there. You know, it's sure. like it's like yeah, they they let him take the bullets and they sit behind it, and and that's kind of tough. I mean, I I have a degree of respect for
2: him for doing that because I'm not sure I could. First of all, he's a good Greek boy. So we we've got to give him something. Anthopolis
0: was kind of our first clue on that. Yeah.
2: I mean Giannis, Anthopolis, yeah. those are the two biggies, and then I come in third, like way George. down George. in a cave. Um so is it actually Giorgio Plaster? No. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: not not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So here's the thing about Adam DuVon. I had this conversation on Twitter the other day with, with someone, and you know, Essentially, I said, you know, we let Duvall go, and this guy replied that he wasn't the answer to protect Freddie, he would have been nice to have, blah, blah, blah. I said, and and was basically saying that, you know, they made the right calls assigning Ozuna. And I'm saying, you know, strictly baseball, sure, Ozuna's the better option. But there were a lot of red flags with Marcel Ozuna versus Adam Duvall. And... You're talking about the the issue that he had last year or yeah, 2 years ago last year with his uh, significant other. And Hello. Um Hello. Hello. Everything died. Everything's gone. We're
0: still on Facebook. Yeah, but we got
1: no we got no video. There, oh, there it is. That was Oh. I ah. bet you they I bet you they plugged in. Oh, you ah. kicked the you Gosh, ah, George over here.
2: There you go. He, he didn't kick the power. It's okay. I have no idea if you're looking at me as the source of this problem. <laughs> <laughs> number one, it's probably true, and number two, I don't know enough to know. Yeah. Other than to just hit that plug down there and yeah. plug back in. Okay, Good look, I, l- let's let's go through this. Okay, a year from now, the belief is that there will be a designated hitter. Yep, and that's where you would put Ozuna long term, yep. meaning you'd need Still an outfielder. Need a <laughs> yes, and <laughs> their, Adam Duvall, <laughs> their belief in Christian Pache and Drew Waters right now is really suspect, and so Adam Duvall, even though he might have been an expensive insurance policy at six million a year, you know, right now what they're using are AAA outfielders. Almonte and, and Heredia. Well, and thank goodness for both of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: because they've been pretty good. I yeah. mean, serviceable. But they've also they now are.
2: had to admit that Abraham Almonte is not the answer, and so now they're going with Arcia, the sort of the Milwaukee uh, reject.
1: Yeah, you know, Arcia, to me, I, I feel like is – he's going to be playing
2: shortstop sooner or later. Well – Dansby had better realize that this 180 strikeout pace it ain't going to cut it.
0: Well, 180 strikeout pace wouldn't cut it for a 30 home run hitter. This just in, Dansby ain't hitting 30.
2: So what what do you think's going on with him to get him to this point? I don't Where we're know. having this conversation. I
0: don't know because he was going so well. What was it? Two years ago, three years ago, when he had spe- when he had spent offspring spring training and working with Chipper, and he was driving that slider, he was staying on that slider, going taking it the it. other way to right center. He hurt himself. I don't remember if that was the hand or the foot or what it was, but but there's a trend there of Dansby hurting himself. But when he came back, he had lost that opposite field swing. Yeah, on the off on the um, I agree off speed stuff. And he's not been able to regain that on a consistent basis to start with. So he's susceptible to breaking stuff on the outer half or off the outer half. Yeah, And that's where you get the strikeouts.
1: Two years ago in that St. Louis series was really good. Like I said before, last year he was pretty good. He's shown flashes at times, but you can't – He's at the point where they don't need to be flashes – He's not Andrelton Simmons. He's good defensively. He, he's he got a great glove. He's fine defensively. But he's but not Andrelton Simmons who's going to save enough runs to make up can, for his strikeouts. Uh,
2: yeah. And, Mo, let's be honest. The bottom of the order, 6 through 9, has basically become 0 for 16. Mm-hmm. They're all 0 for 4s. Uh, now, I will say this. Jonathan Lucroy... Will be a better option than Kevin Smith, Mm -hmm. and he should have been the first option. Uh, Lacroix is a former Nashville Sound. I know him a little bit.
0: He's also a former NL All Star.
2: Yeah, and um, you know he's thirty five, and so it's all stopgap until Darno gets back. But Dansby now hitting in the five hole because they don't have any other options. It's basically Acuna, Freeman. Help me here. Albies, um, Riley. Albies Riley. and Riley, and Dan's. And, 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 and Riley has been incredible. And thank goodness. Oh.
0: <laughs> but but from there, like you said, it's pretty much the, se- the bottom half of the order is
2: basically a concession to get back to the top. Here's the other thing that you have to ask yourself. Kevin Gosman is an all-star in San Francisco. <laughs> Don't get <Okay>? started. <laughs> which which then begs the question, okay, did their pitching staff, pitching coach, yes, pitching see things, things. Yeah. that Rick Kranitz and Atlanta's staff didn't and and turn him around? And if so, why is that? I mean why why Kranitz are we having not, to ask that question?
1: Rick Kranitz is not the answer. That guy's gotta go. He should have been gone two months ago. He's awful and I am tired of it. Okay, thanks. Wow. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. How do you feel how do you really feel?
2: So, so I mean what's, it's what's a- really irritating about that, George, is
0: you can you can go down the list of guys that were worse elsewhere that came to Atlanta and maxed out. John Burkett, who came from the Giants to Atlanta being one of those guys. Yeah, in the Leo
2: Mazzoni era, there was... That list is
0: long of guys that they took in and got better. And I made the statement on Twitter earlier this week, got my hand slapped by somebody who didn't know what they were talking about. But anyway, you know, Kevin Gossman has been, I said good. Maybe serviceable is the better word. He's been decent at least. I mean, he's been a major league starting pitcher everywhere Except in Atlanta. And it was pointed out the two eight seven ERA that he put up the second half of the year after he came to Atlanta from Baltimore. I don't really remember that because the six one nine that he put up before they finally cut
1: him created such a stench.
2: Yeah, but I mean
1: Dallas Keichel's six and three with a four four ERA.
2: Although in fairness, he hadn't been anything to write home about there any more than he was here. The biggest thing that Kyko was when he was here was a, was a
0: veteran with some young arms around him, and and an innings eater. He took the ball every fifth day, and there's something
2: to be said for that. And,
1: so, and we got two of those right now. Which, granted, Smiley's been pretty darn good. He he. I, <laughs> in the last I, month I saw him half. pitch
2: in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago, and he was really good. He's Fantastic. in the middle of a five game winning streak. Yeah, he's solid right now. Uh, well. Jacob Stallings, by the way, took him yard yesterday. Three run homer.
0: And that was all they got. Yeah. But what was concerning about that at the time was the Braves had just scored a run in the top of the first.
2: And boom. And
0: then Stallings goes yickety um, in the bottom of the first. And you're thinking, okay, here we go again. And to, to Smiley's credit, he shut it down from there forward.
2: So what moves do you make at the trade deadline? First of all, it's hard to know what they're going to be at this point. They may be on the fringe of contention. They may be right there. A, a two-game swing either way. Mm-hmm. You're five games out on July 8th. Yeah, but, I mean, a two-game swing. In
0: where five games may not be anything. It's nothing. It really isn't because nobody has taken the talked, bull by the horns. Every time you've been on here with us, nobody
2: looks like they're going to take this thing and run with it. The scary part is the Mets with Jacob deGrom, given the fact that he's going to pitch every fourth or fifth day, it's hard to imagine them having long losing streaks, but they haven't been anything to write home about either. So so let me throw a couple well, out and there. and we beat him. I mean, he didn't right. take the L, but we beat the Mets in a Jacob deGrom start. So let me throw a couple of things out there. Outfielder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a name that has always been on the periphery, and now I think it's got to come to the forefront. Mitch Hanniger in Seattle.
0: You know, I heard that name a lot over the offseason. I'm not familiar right. enough with him to really have a field, but the, having I think a monster got, year. I think they've got to go outfield. I mean, I think that's where you have to shore things up is outfield and
1: bullpen. Okay, let me let me see Garcia as an option at shortstop.
2: Let me ask the bullpen question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will Smith right now is the closer. He's been all right. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been horrible. He hasn't been lights out. Is it time to reunite with Craig Kimbrell? Shelbyville, by the way, is his home in the off season. Really? Yep.
1: Uh, he's uh, he none played, of these guys. guys ever. He's from Alabama. Yeah, Why do these guys
2: never call me? Where I can tell them all this stuff. Here's
1: the thing. Here's the thing. This bullpen, and I've said it on this show, the talent is there. Uh And they've done it before. They've done it before. What's the problem Now. now? Mentor is not
2: what he was a year ago. But why? I don't. Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's the question. It's is the it a whole thing? Rick question.
1: It's a question. Mental thing. Boom. That's the thing. So if the this is what I said yesterday on Fox Sports Shoals when I had I had an interview uh, with the guy down there, and and he asked me, he said, should the Braves sell or be buyers at the trade deadline? You know, he said they should get rid of anybody that they that's not nailed down, which is you know the core guys, right? I said there's only two people. That the Braves need to get rid of, and it's Brian Snicker and Rick Trannick. <laughs> Those are the two people that well, they need to get. If they sold them too,
2: <laughs> I'll admit I don't agree with you on Snicker.
1: Well, I, let me tell you why I don't what what I don't like about Snicker. One, you're in the you're in a one-one game in the ninth inning with a guy on first base and uh, one of the fastest guys on the team coming up, and you're in a shift uh, that ends up costing Cussing you, you a the double, ball game. Pl- a double play, and right. the ball game. Um, he manages this bullpen horribly, which is probably uh, that part at, I don't disagree. Which with. is probably, well, well, see,
0: at, I do disagree with that because, and I've said this for months. It's been my one thing about Snitker, the one gripe that everybody else has about Snitker that I don't have. I don't know what you're managing because he doesn't know from one day to the next what he's going to get
2: out of there. And I think that's a really good point you're making. Sure,
1: sure, but on top of everything else, I think Brian Snitker. Is the division in the locker room not the uniter? Oh, Boom. I
2: think he is totally the uniter. Nope.
1: No question, he is not. He absolutely. Well, okay, Ronald give me, Acuna give me, give me a like fact. Ozzy Albies would like an would like a word, but Ronald Acuna Junior. is the fact. What 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 do you mean by that? He constantly makes excuses for Dansby while always calling out Ronnie. Always, He's well, constantly now, look, making excuses look, for Dansby Swanson.
2: Let's be honest about Acuna who is a great talent. He's but the Acuna, best player on that team. By and a to, mile.
0: And to that end, Mike, maybe you ought to adopt the Bobby Cox philosophy with him. If you've got something
2: to say about him, say it to okay. him when nobody else is around. We both know that he incites some things. The bat flip, the all of that stuff, even though it's more accepted than it used to be. Acuna's got a little hot dog in him. Acuna's got a lot of hot dog in him. Okay, he's also got twenty four home he runs. He does, so he can do whatever <laughs> the hell he wants to do. This is but my problem. What is your problem?
1: The problem is. What that is your problem? Oh, he's got many. When you when don't talking, y'all have to go to a break? When you're talking about when you're talking about the way that Ronald Acuna plays the game, you can't make stupid mistakes like running into an out at third base or whatever. But you know Dansby doesn't. He's trying to make a play. But in the in the in, in the press conference, you can't do stupid things like that and expect to win ball games. This was three days after Dansby ran into the third out. I will say this: race. he's he is
2: getting a little more uh ish as their play has maybe warranted it in the past. He's never thrown anybody uh, under the bus, Mister
1: Mister No Hustle. Well, he, he's <laughs> – Again, Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. I'm telling you, he has a bone but to pick with the then, best player but on your team. back then, it
2: might have been a good thing to do. I mean, Bobby Cox did it to Andrew Jones. Oh, without question. When Jones, Jones was killing that. it. But but I think your key, though, George, is back
0: then, this guy's getting ready to go to the All-Star game for, what, the third time? Yeah. He's starting. He's got 24 home runs. Uh, he's clearly, clearly the best player on your team. He deserves more respect than he's getting out of the manager's office. Okay. There you go.
2: Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> but now let me ask this question You're getting rid of him. Who are you bringing in?
1: And uh, that's always a question. Well, there's a guy in Nashville right now who had a birthday today that I would not mind. There's a guy in the front. Who are you talking office. about? Ned Yost. Uh, there's a guy in
0: the front office in Atlanta. I mean, if Terry Pendleton is still involved with the I've, team. Per-
2: perfectly. Fine there's a
0: guy player. in the third base. Ron box.
2: Washington, for Christ's
0: right. sake. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: <laughs> there's options. I'm gonna leave y'all with this. All right. Oh, I'm gonna talk about it a bunch today. Hmm? The rumor in Atlanta is that Freddie Freeman is leaving, ticked off, um, not happy with the way all this went, and is headed elsewhere at the end of the season. So and, trade and him. So that's. Do you trade him? Well, trade him. I. Who knows what Anthopolis knows or what he doesn't know? I'm just saying that I'm hearing this strongly. And if I'm hearing it in Nashville, he should be hearing it. But let me ask you this. If you did that, mm-hmm. how do you couch it?
0: You don't. We felt like we weren't going to be able to resign him, and so we figured we'd get something for him rather than letting him walk. Why are we not
2: able to resign him? I mean, I somebody's going to ask that. that question.
1: Everybody knows the answer to that.
2: Yeah, but they were able. I mean, they ponied up for what he's making now. Are his demands so outrageous? Is it they're cheap? We don't know. I I think I think it comes back to what you just said.
0: I think he's disgusted with the whole process at this point. I Let, think it's a process issue.
2: Listen today when I have Danny Evans on at three because I've sort of cued Danny that this is what I want to talk about. His sources are better than anybody's.
0: But do you trade
2: him? I don't. And you let him walk and get nothing? Oh, I don't know. Mo, I want to win. I understand. I hear what you're saying. We can get be a, a sad lot. sad day. We can get a lot for Freddie
1: Freeman. You know what,
0: though? <laughs> I mean, they traded Dale Murphy.
2: Right. Yeah, but that was a different deal. Yeah.
1: Well, it was Murphy a different was deal, but he wasn't it was a off different
0: him. deal, but I mean in t- in the Braves pantheon
2: Jeff Parrott. That's what they got for Dale Murphy.
1: Can I leave now? I'm depressed. It's okay.
2: <laughs> you started it. I we know. also
1: we also got John Smoltz <laughs> for basically for basically Jeff Parrott. So. No. No, that no, was no, that was yeah. a deal no, in
2: 87. Yeah. For for Doyle Alexander, straight up, who won nine games, went 9-0 and for Detroit, for Detroit yeah. got them a pennant, mm-hmm. and then they suffered for the next 20 years for it. And wish they had John, John Smokes. You think? <laughs> Guys, Thanks, y'all behave. George, see you Monday.
0: We'll see you Monday at 2 o'clock right here on 101.7. W-
2: Mo, looking we're going to hook up and make this big. I like
1: it. I like it. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to probably not talk about as much Braves. We will get into the Big Ten West at some point uh, later this hour as well, so stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back to the Lee Company studio right after this.
2: Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24 seven, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com.
1: The teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo. Here's Chris. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 32 minutes past the hour here on Front Porch Sports Headquarters. WKOM 1017FM 945 The Eagle WZyx From the Lee Company studio, Chris Yao Mo Patton, the lustrous potentate coach Mike and Lawson Smith. In turn two. In dos. Braves are off today. Thank God. Your eyes will yeah. be spared for a we day. can step
0: off that roller coaster
1: for the day. For a day. Yeah. But they did get a win last night, and that means they outscored the Pittsburgh Pirates in the series. Despite losing eleven to one. And two to one. And two to one. So that's thirteen. That's correct.
0: Sixteen runs.
1: Yep. No, they didn't outscore them. Up, uh, no, it was sixteen <laughs> off. You're right.
3: <laughs> Your math's as bad as mine.
0: Listen,
1: well, <laughs> I was told there would be no yeah. math. was told there would be no math. Yeah, so, so yeah. sixteen runs apiece in the series. Yeah. The Braves have a run differential of plus sixteen on the year. So there's that.
0: And they are two games under five hundred with a plus sixteen run differential. They've scored twenty runs twice in a game, <laughs> and fourteen yesterday. In their two games under five hundred, that's what—that's the problem. It, they don't—they like don't, don't save it, any. They either score fourteen or they score one. <laughs> it's one of the two. They're, there's no happy medium for the Braves' offense.
1: I was about to say inconsistent, but uh, they're pretty consistent on doing they're, one or the other. They're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. Ah, it's it's rough out there. So
0: they um they are off today like you said they open a three-game series tomorrow at Miami. Um who they just took two of three from last weekend at Truist Park, who also has
1: a massive plus run differential. Like plus 24 or something for the last place Marlins. The only two teams in the NL East with plus run differentials are the Marlins and the Braves.
0: That's nuts. It's, How it's does that insane.
1: work? Um, that game
0: Friday is a six ten start. Um, Mike, four fifty five pregame on 103.7 or not?
3: I Think so. Uh, because I never know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, the
1: the tournament starts Saturday. Is that right? Yes. So
3: yeah, yeah. Our 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 the little league with our with our manager uh, Clayton Harris. That's that's a Saturday game. So yeah. Did as far you get, as I know,
0: we're, we're on. We can, can talk, talk more about that. that tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. We've got that bracket. We do. We so actually we'll, have the bracket. We'll get and I that. actually printed it out, Uh-oh. and I left it on the printer at the house. Well, that's so, okay. Yeah,
1: We've got it, but, yeah, we yeah. can talk about it tomorrow for sure. And so, yes, we will be on the air tomorrow.
0: Okay. All right. So, 455 is the pregame for the Braves. 610 is the first pitch in Miami. Uh, this day in Braves history on July 8, 1992. Tom Glavin. Good times. Yeah, yeah, they were great oldies. <laughs> uh, Tom Glavin scattered nine hits over seven innings, striking out five and allowing one run before Kent Merker and Alejandro Pena each threw a scoreless frame in the Braves' 2-1 win over the Mets at Fulton County Stadium. Greg Olson and Jeff Treadway with the RBIs as the Braves won the first of what would turn out to be 13 straight games matching the franchise's record of 13 straight that they set to open the 1982 season. That 1992 team went on to win 98 games, setting a franchise, then a franchise record, and their second straight National League pennant. So. Good times. Good, good times. times. Sure missed those days.
1: <sighs> uh, let's. Yeah, where they could
0: win a bunch of games.
1: Well, you know in a row in or the, even close to each other. So in that in that um that run of 14 my dad would always tell me it'd be July and the Braves would be three or four games out of first and he'd say don't worry later this month first of August they'll win 13 out of 15 or 14 out of 17 and they'll they'll run away with it and they And win, sure enough and every year <laughs> Every year they would win 14 out of 15 or something like that. And it just, it never failed. It was like a, clockwork. Every year they'd be, you know, second, third in the division and then boom, you know, they, they, but that's not going to happen this year.
0: I don't think that is going to happen this year. And, and, you know, I think there was a time when the rest of the NL East or West or whatever division it was that they were in, you knew that, you know. Just it Atlanta, was a matter of when. Coming.
1: yeah, it was just a matter of when not if, yeah, and and, and it was probably a mental thing for those teams, too. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, anyway, um before we get to the sounds, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a couple of things with the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> first, I want to go back a couple nights ago, mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos. In the middle of the Kansas City broadcast, eulogizing a former, uh, um, or a veteran of the armed forces, Castellanos, who doesn't care what you're talking about on the air. Has a net for interrupting things. He's going to go yard, and typically the. Deep left center, <laughs> and he did that two nights ago. Right after, I mean, right after the eulogy, he hits a drive, and and the poor guy on the on the the Royals broadcast And There's Castellanos with a deep drive to left center, which was eerily familiar to Tom Brenneman's apology. Uh, yeah, his apology, and and there's a drive deep left center by Castellanos, and that's going to be a home run. I mean, <laughs> this guy just – he doesn't care what's going on in the world. He's in his own world, and he is the, the, the leader of said world. He's just going to hit home runs. And that's not the first time or the second time, matter of fact, that he uh, has um done something like that. His first career home run was hit the same night Osama bin Laden was killed. <laughs>
0: Should always remember it.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is nuts to me. Like, this guy, he's just like, hey, what's going on in the world? What, what can said, I? Let me see if I can. Let me, let me check can... the calendar here. <laughs> yeah, when, when <laughs> I steal the spotlight from?
0: Yeah, Nick Castellanos, the the winner
1: in top this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, here, get get one of these. Well, yeah. his teammate, Sonny Gray, tried to top it last night. Uh <laughs> So last night, uh the the Reds were uh obviously in in the middle of uh a a win. Well, I don't know if they were in the middle of the win or not. I don't know what the score was. I know that I think they were down two in the bottom of the fourth. But Sonny wasn't feeling it. And Sonny was not having a good night, apparently. Even though he had, you know, only given up a couple runs, he was not feeling it. So he uh he just proceeded to go into the clubhouse, stripped down naked, put his clothes back on. The same clothes or new? I, it. You know what? I, <laughs> I let me go. I, I, I don't think that was part of the um, the tweet from the tweet. See Trent Rosencrans who yeah, covers the Reds. I, I don't think that was. Um, It wasn't that detailed, huh? Stripped naked after the fourth inning, changed everything but his cleats to, quote, reset and start over. It worked. He retired the next nine in order. (laughs) Hey, if it works, it works. (laughs) If it works, it works. Absolutely. So, Smyrna and Vanderbilt legend Sonny Gray with the. Adding to his legend. The legendary (laughs) status right there. I don't care who you are. That's awesome. That's freaking great.
0: I, I think we need more information on this, though. Um, I mean, again, did he?
1: It says he changed everything but his cleats, so he must have put on the new everything, jockstrap and all. There we go. I, I assume he said, "Get everybody. all this out of here." <laughs> this <laughs> this has bad juju. <laughs> Somebody, I will tell you what, it was. <laughs> we opened we opened open the, ju- ju- exactly <laughs> open the show with this. That's exactly what happened. We
3: opened the show with this, yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's what's what happened. I mean, is some you know. Hey, bartender Joe Boo needs a refill, clunk. <laughs> I mean it is uh that that that's an interesting um you know, baseball is full of people with weird
0: Okay, so I don't know if you saw this or not, but Bally Sports Cincinnati at Bally Sports CIN responded to Trent Rosecrans. Trent Rosecrans covers the Reds. I'm not sure if it's for the for the Athletic or for the Cincinnati Enquirer, let's see, for the Athletic, but they responded to his tweet with a video clip and saying, "Safe to say it works." They've got Sonny walking through the dugout with his belt undone, pulling his jersey off as he goes down the steps to the clubhouse.
1: So I mean, he didn't even wait till he got to the clubhouse. He no, was just no, like, we done. I'm I'm done
0: with this. This, this. this
1: uniform stinks. <laughs> yeah, it's the uniform. Hey. It must have been. It must have. (laughs) I mean, he threw seven innings last night. And in those seven innings, he only gave up two runs. Six of them were scoreless innings. So, it wasn't like he was, you know, struggling. It wasn't like he gave up five runs. He has a high bar. Clearly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there's that. I just thought that was interesting. And Sonny Gray, obviously, pretty great. Um, Yeah, so – Do they play – let's see, who do they play tonight? The Reds, I'm not sure who they play tonight, but they are – They may be off as well. I think they take on the Brewers, which is huge because they are right there with the uh, NL Central leading Brewers. They're six games out, but they're in second place in Central, uh, 45 and 41 overall. And if you you take two or three out of this, you're right back in things. So – Seven and three in their last ten. Anyway, uh real quick before we get to the break tonight, Nashville Sounds still in Gwinnett.
0: Oh yeah, they are 35 and 19 after last night's nine five victory as Weston Wilson hit a pair of home runs. Second straight night that the Sounds have gotten a two home run game out of somebody after Jamie Westbrook hit a pair in Tuesday's victory. So again, Sounds thirty-five and nineteen at twenty-three and thirty-two Gwinnett. That's a 405 start. It's on 94.9, if you want to listen. We'd prefer that you not, but you know, that's there. Um Five Different Sounds had two or more hits in last night's game. And in improving to 35 and 19, they're 16 games over five hundred That equals their high water mark for the season of 21 and 5. Sounds are now ten and three against Gwinnett. And Westbrook has a 21-game on base streak, so be interesting to see if he can extend that in another victory
1: tonight or this evening. Aaron Ashby <clears throat> with the win last night. For the Brewers? For, no, for the Sounds. Oh. Yeah. Did it... Didn't know he was back, but he is apparently. So. Guess who's back? Uh, Aaron Ashby got the win last night. All right. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Big Ten West give you our predictions and what uh, folks are saying about that division up North on Southern middle Tennessee sports day presented by mid Tennessee barn and joint stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, covenant technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Fast Stop
0: Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff.
1: Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo Patton, Coach Mike Lawson Smith, all in studio here in Front Porch Sports Headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM. Welcome into WZYX 945 The Eagle in Franklin County to all of you on social media at SM underscore TN sports on Twitter, Southern middle Tennessee sports on Facebook. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. As we come to you from the Lee company studio, we've got about 11 minutes and we, we obviously don't know enough about the big 10 to really get into it. What we do know is that Wisconsin is the class of that division. And I think, think obviously Iowa has been a you know obviously they are a perennial contender in that division I mean but
0: do we know that because yeah. quietly Pat Fitzgerald over at Northwestern has consistently had that program doing things that longtime college football followers would never have expected
1: well, I don't know what that has to do with Iowa being a perennial contender. <laughs> yes, we know that well, Iowa is a perennial contender. Does,
0: it, it does have to do with Wisconsin being at
1: the top, though. Uh, I, yes, you're right. I mean, obviously, Northwestern was in the championship game last year, right? Um, but I think as far as if you're talking about the team that you expect to be at the top just about every year is Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Minnesota. We'll have something to say about that. They're a sleeper. Uh, but obviously, Northwestern is in the conversation. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, that you're right. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald has got that program being as good as it's ever been.
0: Right, right. And as long as they continue to be in the top four of folks like Fisher Anderson, as we discussed in the first hour, you know, that that kind of thing is going to continue to happen. I just think that – that he has has elevated that program, and in doing so, from here, and again, we, we aren't Big Ten experts by any, any stretch, but when you see what Northwestern has done as you're looking f- at it from here, again, it makes you really wonder why Vanderbilt can't be any more successful than they have been on a regular basis. There's a lot of similarities there. There are. Uh, I, and and I don't think it's as simple as that. that's the Big Ten and this is the SEC. I think that there are some things on campus that haven't taken place, and I don't want to hijack the conversation. But um,
1: I, think I just it's think the, it's
0: admirable what Northwestern has been able to get done over the long period of time. I mean, Gary Barnett back in the mid-'90s, you know, I, I remember – covering them against UT and the Citrus Bowl back in, I think it was 96 or January of 97. Um, That program quietly has become, you know, more than just a Big Ten cellar dweller. Yeah,
3: every so often they become giant killers. And, you know, then they'll, Kind of go into hiding for a little while, and then they'll come back out. But even when
0: they go into hiding, hiding for tough. them, yeah, and and maybe out. they're benefiting from the dip that Illinois and Purdue have taken of late. But you know, hiding from them is five hundred. Yeah, you know, hiding for Vanderbilt is two and ten.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, if we're talking about you know, Northwestern as as they sit. You know, they do have a new. They're going to have a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, they got transfers: Hunter Johnson and Ryan Helensky. And where's I, Helensky
0: coming from? Is he from, that, that name sounds really familiar, uh, and I don't know why.
1: Uh, Carolina. Okay, that's okay. So yeah, um, I think I think he gives them a different option. Uh, I think he'll be a very good quarterback for them. Uh, they do have most of their line coming back, and Cam Porter, who is probably going to be an all all Big Ten guy from in the running back position. The problem is that in 2019, uh, they averaged 3.9 yards of play in Big Ten games. Now they went up to 4.7 last year. Uh but how much can we? How much? How much can you put into? How much stock can you put into what teams did last year? <laughs> Especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big question here is who's going to rise to the top? Is it going to be the, the typical contenders? Are you going to see guy, You know, teams like Minnesota and Northwestern continue to – which two years ago, Minnesota was 11-2. and two. I mean, they're a really good ball team. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know what to expect because obviously Nebraska, Illinois, Purdue, they're just not good. And it's unfortunate, but that's the, that's the truth.
3: So, and it's kind of interesting. Growing up, I, I grew up in Oklahoma when you know the Big Eight was the, the, the big deal there, and Nebraska and you know, the running joke was Big Two plus Six, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> it was you know Nebraska used to be the powerhouse. I mean, one of, it, it was them, them, Oklahoma that were that were going to win the the conference, and then once they go to the Big Ten, they just literally. Disappeared. Well, even before and Nebraska yeah, was starting in the Big to slide, 10. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were starting to slide. But what has happened? In-
0: I'll tell you what's happened. When Nebraska was really rolling, they were able somehow, and I don't know how they did it, but they were able to get into Florida and get skilled guys left and right. And those guys aren't coming to Nebraska anymore. Yeah. I guess they finally realized
1: how cold it was. I don't yeah. know. But That So, and this is something that I was, it's a cultural difference in the world we live in today. We have access to everything. I can, if if Nebraska comes to me and they tell me about Nebraska and they tell me about the school and this, that, and the other, I can look it up and I can find out for myself. In the mid-90s, you couldn't do that. The age of the internet has changed the way that recruiting happens. I certainly think there are some schools out there who are providing certain incentives. And I'm sure that Nebraska probably provided a few of their own back in the day. But it's it's a matter of if I have the opportunity to play in Gainesville or Tallahassee or even Athens versus Lincoln? Lincoln Nebraska
0: or or even if I have the opportunity to play in Orlando or Tampa, yeah, Central Florida or South Florida,
1: I'd still rather be there. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's just un, it's an unfortunate situation. They're 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 in a a, a they are in a geographical nightmare for recruits. Well,
3: yeah, it, it was it was one of the the running jokes was on Saturday. Uh, stadium in Omaha was the second largest city in Nebraska Yeah, during the game day. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, there's nothing going on out there outside of the football program. Right. And really, at that point now, there's really not anything exactly. going on there either.
0: I saw a tweet last night, and unfortunately I did not like it or screenshot it, but it was asking – Who's going to win a title first? And I believe the teams were Michigan, Nebraska, Tennessee, Notre Dame, and there was one other, and I can't remember who it was. And, um, you know, it it kind of spoke to this conversation and the conversation we had yesterday with Nubias Wilburn regarding Michigan. And, you know, the way – Teams have or or have not responded to various downward trends.
1: I think Michigan. I think obviously Notre Dame has a better option than anybody. One, they're playing a bunch of ACC schools most of the time. Two, they they already have been in the college football playoff, you know, a couple of times. So they have that, you know, they have that going for them recruiting wise. Michigan is not going to get there as long as Jim Harbaugh is the coach. Uh, Nebraska is not going to get there ever again. I'm not sure that Tennessee will ever get there again, although they have a better chance than Nebraska does. So if I had to list that in, in those four teams in order, it would be Notre Dame, Tennessee, Michigan, Nebraska. That's the, the hierarchy that I would say. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know.
0: Well, the thing is, when you, when you talk about Notre Dame winning a title, what title is it?
1: Since they're not in the conference, well, a a national championship, I guess, is what I was talking about. Okay,
0: and that might have been
1: what they meant. Yeah, I don't know. Look for look for Minnesota to be the sleeper in this in this division. PJ Fleck, row the boat, dude's great. Um, After that, I don't know. Northwestern could be the guys. We'll see. Pat Fitzgerald has him rolling. We'll talk more about college football tomorrow. We will talk all kinds of exciting stuff. We should have Jeff Hem on because it's Jeff Hem will be on for the Nashville Sound. So stick around uh, next uh, tomorrow, last day at 9 o'clock in the morning. So we'll see you then on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. For Mo, Coach Mike Lawson, I'm Chris Yao saying, have a great day. Stay cool, Columbia.